Tip Manor. Hello and welcome to Tip Manor podcast. Football is kind of coming back. Yay! Can I get a yay? Yay! Wow, the enthusiasm. Fantastic. We should rehearse this. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, we haven't got any kind of Oxford United celebrity on this episode, so I'm wondering if we just need to lie when we kind of post it and be like the Joey Beecham extravaganza, just so we get the initial listens. What do you reckon? I'm not sure. Be good first minute listener figures, and then a huge cliff. Like <laughs> huge that. dip. I'll take it. I think that's great. Uh, right, who have we got on? Ben, you're you're back. How's it going? Have you had a COVID chop or is the ponytail living on? Oh, that, that went before the lockdown. Oh, did it? Yeah. That... I was picturing you as like Rapunzel by now. <laughs> <laughs> it probably would have been that long. No, that went ages ago. And uh, I've now bought my own set of clippers, so we won't be getting to that stage anytime soon. Okay. Okay. Happy days. Connor, you're back. You've been on the bike. You've cycled back to the podcast. <laughs> I have. It feels good to be back. I have I have missed you boys, but obviously I've been tuning in and listening to the pods you've been releasing while I've been a, away on some cycling duties, I guess. Yeah. But it's good to be back. I like when you How say you? releasing. <laughs> How are you, James? I'm going to ask you now. Connor, I'm oh, so good. You're not supposed to ask. Yeah. Oh, really, well, I've really done great. it. I'm sorry. I've gone, I've gone there. I'm glad, I'm glad you're well, mate. It wasn't that Thanks, funny bro. anyway, so... <laughs> uh, all right john how are you yeah not too bad energy levels in 24 hours have gone up spectacularly over what we're going to talk about so yeah really yeah, good nice and jack what's going on hello um yeah not a lot just been kind of entertaining myself with the various meltdowns from different clubs over the past 24 hours like john says it's uh been quite an interesting time yeah Cough, Peterborough, cough. <laughs> uh, so we, we'll have two sections to today's pod. This is more of a reactive, less planned pod than we've, we've usually done in the past, I guess. But first part of it is obviously reacting to the reaction, in a way, on the back of the EFL announcements on how the season's going to conclude. And then second part, we'll actually look ahead to the playoffs and just run through where each of the teams are at. Um, go back and actually remind ourselves what their kind of form was looking like, even if form is kind of irrelevant now, we were saying that's a question in itself, isn't it? Um, but just to start, like what, what are people's general reactions, John, from, from your side yesterday, what, where were you kind of at? Was it all, it was all kind of leading to it. We already, already had an idea that was the way it was going, right? Yeah. It was inevitability about it. I mean, I just felt relieved it. The EFL had sucked the uh, energy out of me over the last few weeks, but <laughs> I think we've just got to thank our lucky stars that we were in the position we were off the back of, you know, PPG or weighted PPG. And you can only imagine what other clubs have been have been going through. And obviously we're going to take the uh, the mick out of Peterborough relentlessly. But I think it was just, just good to that we didn't have to sort of go through any of the trauma and sort of to a degree wait out and knowing that unless it got voided, we wouldn't get um screwed over. So yeah, yeah. I think it's um it's just a shame it's taken as, as long as it has done. Has was anyone else a little still a little bit like bitter about Rotherham getting promoted? Because I think most people have got over it by now, but I still kind of hadn't 
And I just still had it in the back of my head that that was where we were heading on the back of the form we were on. But am I am I the only one there? Is everyone else fine with it? I was I was there a little bit, just in the far back of my mind. But then someone on Twitter rightly said, but without Ruffles header, we would have just been in League One next season with nothing to do. So, yeah, we can always yeah. look at the what could have been, but actually we've got to look back on, well, without that, we would have been nowhere. So it's, it balances out, I guess. Stop being so sensible. I'm oh, sure. it's my job. <laughs> there, was, yeah. there was a I load of like... Ben. You agree with Ben? Yeah, yeah, okay. I agree with Ben. I think, I think it's one of those things where, you know, if you look across all the clubs in the league, when you've got the clubs that are moaning about going down and clubs moaning about not getting in the playoffs and that sort of thing, it kind of just sits in this position where, you know, the league's finished where it has now. I don't think the weighted, the unweighted PPG was the right way to go about it personally, but now it's over and done with. I think we should be pretty happy with where we sit personally and the fact that we've now still got a shot going up. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It was what actually just got me with Rotherham was there was a load of their fans just saying, "Well, we absolutely deserve this." It was like, mm, mm. yeah, but they would say that though. I think we'd be saying that if we were going up. I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, we're much okay. more we're much more pure than than that. We're, we're, <laughs> I mean, so, Co- Southern and pure. Yeah, Co- Coventry get a get a free pass, and no one can claim different with them. Um, but yeah, I think. What I find interesting is that I get that we put out a sort of we want to finish the season on the pitch line, but surely with where finances are for teams to play those games, surely we never really wanted to do that to a degree. I don't think we were being totally disingenuous, but I thought it was like it was an interesting angle to it because surely we didn't really want to play the games to a degree. Yeah, it was a weird one. Do we in the way it kind of went? The teams there were what four teams that voted. Peterborough made a big statement about it, and it looks like we weren't one of them in the end. Is that right? That's the rumor. Yeah, I think it's four teams voted to continue, one abstained, and then the rest voted to scrap it. And the suggestion is that we weren't one of the uh, one of the four in the end. Okay. Oh well, I thought we would maintain that kind of push going through just for the sake of it but there you go um yeah as connor said the weighted and non-weighted ppg thing i just didn't understand that given it was an objective thing we talked about this in previous pods um in in the in if you look to the last 10 seasons it demonstrates a more accurate kind of way um to kind of conclude the season if we so had to but oh well i, I guess on the back of this they're going to have to review all sorts of stuff and just make sure there are rules in place for curtailing the season again. Um, I imagine they'll they'll be doing that once this is all over. Yeah. Um, Some people have sort of said that once you fully interrogated Tranmere's proposal, it, it was it had some some merit. But for me, it just came far too late, and it came from the wrong people. I it came from them, so it seems very hard to a hard sell. But I think PPG is is basically sort of saying this is what you've done and therefore we'll we'll use it to, to calculate and you yeah. know it's it's um nothing's perfect but we had to be ruthless like as soon as I thought as soon as we realized there was going to be winners and losers we had to accept that park any sort of grandiose thing about voiding and honor and stuff and just go look we need to get the, the best out of this um sad to sort of talk like that but that's just where I landed really I yeah, it's... I think I think one of the main priorities was to try and get the season finished at a reasonable time scale. 
yeah. um, in preparations for the 20, 2021 season. So I think the fact that they finally come to a conclusion at this point is um, is relatively promising because I think if we were waiting any longer, I think it would really affect the following season. Um, and obviously that there still will be effects on next season anyway, regarding, you know, club finances or player contracts or that sort of stuff. But just from the fundamental position of, are we going to see a league campaign next year that kicks off, you know, in August time or maybe a bit later, you know, this, this is the decision that they put forward will help that, I think, now. Yeah. Oh, on the PPG thing, I, I found there was a comment on Twitter that if Coventry's cup run wasn't there... And they played Wickham earlier on. You could argue that, you know, Wickham wouldn't be where they are today. And it's just it just so happens that Coventry's cup run and meant they didn't play that that additional game, which they Wickham probably would have lost. Um, but there you go. Ifs and buts and whatever. That's just the luck side of it, and the winners, yeah. the winners and losers point. Um, yeah, there's the there's the contrast there as well with those clubs who'd kind of lost both Berry fixtures already or who still had one to play. So you can yeah. you kind of playing, look at all the numbers and twist them whichever way. Playing, I mean, playing just... Boltons under 18s. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's, there's yeah. so many. True. Um, all the financial... Implica- we, we talked about this with Dave Pritchard last week, but financial implications of playing games in, in front of empty stadiums and whatever and taking players off and staff off furlough were just huge and... Yeah, it looked. I think Dave was saying it was four hundred k ish for us, and I read a BBC article today that was saying yeah, it's around half a million um, to the end of the season for most clubs on average. So that is yeah, you kind of understand why. What was it? Eighteen clubs voted um, to void the season at this point. So we're there. We move on. In terms of not moving on. Um, now, like, I think first, first and foremost, like, we absolutely have to sympathise with Peterborough's fans and the club as a whole. I guess you got to, yeah, you need to, you got stop, to. Stop, it's, stop, it's, stop, it's, sorry, 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 sorry. I can't, I can't help but giggle because of that chairman. Like, I can't. No, that, help yeah, but and this is the thing, isn't it? You, you, yeah. you would feel sorry for Peterborough, but. The way he wasn't Mr. McAntony yeah, has man. gone has gone on about everything <laughs> and taken the such aggressive stance about it from day one. Um yeah. that's why he's rightly getting so much flack. Yeah. yeah he, he's yeah, he's 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 just created an avenue for other fans to just laugh their heads off now given the given the uh, the outcome of it. Um I, mean, I, th- I know when I saw his latest tweets I was <laughs> I was kind of injecting that into my veins because I was laughing so much at that sort of stuff he was coming out with. It's it's kind of like his lack of based on the stuff we just said about the finances, it's it's the lack of perspective or consideration for that, isn't it, really? It's like surely you can look at that and understand a bit more as to why this has happened. Well to the, you. Yeah. The strange thing is someone dug out one of his early tweets when the season was about to be um suspended originally in March, and he was actually saying I can't see how we could finish the season because no one's going to have any money. And he suddenly quickly changed his tune around the back end of March into April. Um, so pres- pres- presidents do that. You know. Well, yeah. <laughs> He's now a, now a president after uh, resigning as as chairman and uh, self-proclaimed. Well, we're all yeah. I mean, you can self-proclaim. But I did like the um the vengeance tour next uh, next season yeah. for them. Um, and you know, fine, use it if you want. But as I say, I hope, I hope they enjoy doing that without Ivan Tony playing on their team. Yeah, 
I had some slight sympathy with how, because they're obviously in a in a bad position, and I understood that you need to try and influence the debate to try and help your business company team, whatever. But he just went about it so badly, as Jack said, just almost tried to bully the EFL into into doing something. Seemed to show complete disregard for everyone else's financial position, and just tried to shout it with this pure football fans will understand, will want this and integrity stuff. And I was just like, you've gone about it all the wrong way, even if it was had any logic to it at all. And then Barry yeah. Barry Fry has just uh, chucked some petrol on top of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, Barry Fry was raging as well. Um, same same stuff. I did get the thing around them, kind of the EFL probably telling us Portsmouth, Fleetwood, Wickham to start training. Yeah. ahead of actually formally announcing stuff. So that's the one thing I did agree with, but the rest of it, like referring to everything as Mickey Mouse and blah, 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 blah. It is just, yeah. The, e- the EFL did counter and say, technically you could have been training if you wanted to. Yeah, and but, this, this was the thing, that we but, would have been training regardless whether the season was finishing or being in the playoffs. So it was a bit of a strange thing to latch onto, I thought. But I, I, I can see, I can see your point, James, absolutely, that it was a bit like, almost not taking the piss but pretty clear where things were going that really would have rammed it down their throats and they're obviously going to be in a quite an emotional place whereas we're pretty rational jack i really liked your analogy yesterday of um dara in terms of he he reminds you of a kid at school whose parents are very rich went on loads of holidays couldn't understand why other people weren't (laughs) doing the same (laughs) yeah well i was i was thinking about this more as well peterborough is still living off receiving five million for jack marriott or whatever it was they know they're going to get five six seven eight million for tony so there's no wonder he wanted to play on because he knows he's got the cash about to land that would keep them going for another two seasons he just maybe we should put in in a bid bubble can you imagine we should put a cheeky bid for Issa and Tony a double right Dara <laughs> um, let's, not one give him, thi- let's not give him any more airtime. <laughs> um Sunderland haven't said too much in terms of what they've come out with just mainly saying they'll be very competitive next year due to their wage bill still being in a in a good place um the other one that's really hit home and they dealt with it in a very dignified way was Tranmere um John, I think you posted the um, statement from their chairman. I forget his name. Is it David something? Mark Palios. Oh, sorry. Of course. Mark Palios. Yeah, the um, really dignified statement, I thought, from them. I mean, there's a few sort of like jabs which you'd, which you'd expect, but I thought some of the lines, I mean, I thought the one about sort of exposes the fable of the football family and the complete yeah. collapse of the collective when faced with an external challenge. I thought that was, that was really poignant, but, it, but it's almost like um, a sort of... Um, modus for life really because ultimately at times it does come down to the sort of self-interest um, as much as we all want to do for the, yeah. for the common good but I think yeah there's some really it's some really nice lines in that I think we're all gutted for Tranmere um, going down and they have been really really unlucky in, in this um, it's just how it's, how it's turned out yeah three wins on the bounce coming into into Covid essentially and how many points were they off? They were three points off with a game in hand off Wimbledon. And in form as well. Exactly, yeah. Um, Especially when they turned it around and said, if this had been the same last season, we would have gone. We would have gone in that situation, wasn't it? That, close, yeah. Yeah, close or something sure. like that. Um, but it's worth reading that statement if anyone out there hasn't. Because um, I think we'll all want Tranmere to be back as soon as we can. 
yeah for sure in terms of some reaction on twitter and such uh this is more in relation to the playoffs but james hobbs um he referenced kind of like you know how will we do in the playoffs and he, he talked about our slow starts under kr mid in this kind of position i wonder if that's still relevant but you could say haven't we now kind of exceeded the time we would have taken for pre-season so it's interesting how we're going to start but last season was one win in our first 11 games and this season was we lost four of our first seven which james mentioned but that's a, a reasonable call out but hopefully that's not so much a thing this is a different situation well he knows his, ben, you, he knows the team he knows his team and all that he's got signings bedded in so it's a good it's an interesting point um but i think it's yeah it's kind of got something to it but not not, not probably everything yeah, I was going to say, Ben, does that make you nervous or are you feeling good? I think this is just a bit of a, a one-off situation, the sort of playbook and the history book goes out the window slightly and you just sort of treat it as a, a mini tournament. I think I think we've we've come back training early enough. All signs seem to be good. I mean, the fitness levels are good. So I think I think if, if we don't hit the ground running now, I don't think we ever will at the start of the season. Yeah. A lot of people were talking around about obviously Fleetwood being involved and our record v them, which is not <laughs> for a two pretty. Um, George Dugdale just hit me that if we're not play, played like fools against Rotherham at home and taking a point, we'll be getting promoted this afternoon. Rotherham battered us at home. Yeah, that's the one thing. Someone mentioned that to me yesterday on Twitter. Like that, that's what makes it more acceptable that they've been promoted over us. Um, they absolutely taught us a lesson. I think it was it was closer, wasn't it? Away we went to that. What was it? Two one that Matty Taylor had of, but yeah, they absolutely bossed us. So that's fine. But he's saying he's finding the prospect of watching the team play very exciting. George Ellick from the Not the Top Twenty Pod um, said, "I feel like being in the playoffs is kind of the ideal scenario anyway. Don't really fancy finding out about promotion via a press release, and I completely resonate with that." Uh, we get to watch our lads playing to get us to promotion, albeit on TV, but with the emotions that come with it. So, Connor, you you into that? I think that's a good a good kind of summary. Yeah, I mean, of course, the the thought of being able to watch Oxford play again is fantastic. I mean, no Oxford fan would turn that down. Um, I do think the the lack of atmosphere that will be brought on by watching it with obviously a game behind closed doors will be. Um, quite alien I think for a lot of us I personally won't enjoy that part of it um, but yeah I, I agree I think in terms of finding out about promotion via press release definitely I think if you know if the uh, the weighted PPG scenario would have occurred and we would have gone up um, I mean yeah it would have been nice to know we'd secured in the championship but also it would have it would have just felt a bit weird wouldn't it um, yeah. so yeah of course I'm looking forward to watching the playoffs I mean you know why why wouldn't you but on the next breath, I'm kind of quite saddened that there won't be any fans in the stadium. And, you know, if if we get promoted, celebrations will certainly be dampened. Um, I reckon if they could let one fan in to recreate the atmosphere from most match days, it should be that screaming woman from Tame that sits near the press box. <laughs> oh, I, was talk- I, was, I, was, uh, I was having a word with my dad earlier and we were saying that the games get played at the Kassam, we're just going to... Um, Dad's going to drive his van up and we're just stand on top of the van and just watch over the fence end. So uh, I don't quite think that'd be allowed, but we, we, no, <laughs> I'd love not. to give that a go. <laughs> get, the ladder, get the ladders out and just sit on top of the fence. And this was this an interesting one from um, MBS. That's their name on Twitter. 
they see it as an absolute free hit. I think we asked this question and said, do people see it as a free hit? So he said, it's an absolute free hit. Did anyone think that we were the third or fourth best team in the league? Occasionally we were, but I always thought we were going to be just outside the playoffs. Jack, do you, what are your views on that? Uh, I probably buy into that a bit. As in, if you look at kind of our fixtures, we did uh, kind of build wins in a row. So obviously we just come off the back of five in a row. We had the long unbeaten run, but we did have the tendency to not get results in a row as well. So we were kind of inconsistently consistent almost. Um, I don't know. I think I think that sums us up as a team. And that's why the playoffs are going to be such a lottery that we don't know which team's going to turn up and what performance they're going to give. On our day, we, you know, we arguably play some of the best football in the league, but when we're bad, it's yeah. pretty poor. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, onto the playoff picture then. we've They've kind of announced, or at least there's been mutterings in the forum that we're going to have warm-up games against like the whole of the championship. So, has that settled down <laughs> at all? Jack, Jack, I know you were looking at it. Um, nothing more has been said. I mean, there's still about five clubs to be rumoured for Saturday. It doesn't sound like we're going to um, announce it until probably the day, I guess, to potentially stop people attempting to travel. But um, I think KR said we're definitely having three games and there'll be a kind of standard pre-season minute allowance per player. So 45 on Saturday and then 30 and 60 to get a full 90 across the next two. Yeah. Do you think they'll announce the lineup at three at two o'clock on Oxford Mail, um, <laughs> so we can we can all react to something? Well, will will Dave be allowed to go? I, I, that is yeah. quite a bizarre thing, really. That's I, yeah. I wonder if the yeah. I would listen if Radio Oxford were covering it as if it was normal pre-season. But I'd be have, interested to. But they have closed. That. They have closed all friendlies and you know nothing like that. So I wouldn't have thought. So I wouldn't have thought he'd be able to go. Um, don't think I'd quite listen to it, but. I suppose you'd listen to most things at the moment. Um, Jack, you did a bit of digging and you were posting some stuff on our Twitter earlier around the EFL guidelines. Do you want to just summarise your findings there? Yeah, so it's it's quite interesting. They've they've got a whole document on kind of how to put on a game behind closed doors. Um, I suppose the kind of biggest... Uh, operational thing for each club is creating a kind of three zone stadium, a green area, which essentially seems to be the kind of um, environment around the ground. So the car park, etc., um, an amber area, which will be media and kind of EFL staff. And then the red area, which is players, officials, etc. Um, and that's all very controlled. Mm. There's obviously the various uh, things about making sure the ground's clean which we probably need Mr. Kassam to uh, make sure Stadko are um, helping us out there because that would be totally embarrassing if the game couldn't go ahead due to some muck up there. And the, the biggest one for me that doesn't seem to have been picked out much yet is that um, the guidelines anyway say that goal line technology will be used in all playoff matches. Um, that's weird. Yeah, I think that's it's a weird one, that, isn't it? Yeah, so I, I mean... Whether they'll scrap that now because it probably needs social distancing to go out the window to install it, I, I don't know. Um, and there's a few things like they're going to change how you come out the tunnel so one team will come out at a time. Um, and then things like, 
I presume there'll be no ball boys, so the spare balls are going to be placed around the pitch on cones, a bit like some kind of PE game. Um, <laughs> it's, some of these some of these are so counterintuitive, aren't they? It's ridiculous. I mean, so you walk out separately from the tunnel, but you're playing a full contact sport when you're marking players. <laughs> just doesn't make any sense. But uh, I think we can all sit here and critique some of the... Yeah. We haven't got to walk out music and uh, crowd noise. And yeah, yeah. Cardboard, <laughs> cardboard cutouts oh, yeah. and uh, yeah, let's yeah, let's not let's I'm, not. I'm gonna I'm gonna get triggered if you start talking about that. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe we should get Fearoz out. If Fearoz hasn't um, unfurloughed, maybe some of his staff um, in the stadium, maybe he has to come down and get scrubbing. Zaki made <laughs> Zaki made mention to um, that they'd had good um, relationships. I think it was to do with rent with. Um, with Kassam, so shouldn't seem to be any problems. But well, can you imagine that would go the other way? It'd be like, well, you're not paying us as much rent anymore, so we're not going <laughs> to do what we used to do. Yeah. yeah. But back to Kassam and the scrubbing you were describing, James. No, no, that's that's enough imagery. <laughs> I think I just liked it. I like the idea of it. I, we are saying, well, we'll we, you know we'll start paying you the rent again, but clean it up, bud, please. That'd have been good. Um, was there anything else of note, Jack? Um, I, d- I don't. I don't think so. I just think it's going to be very surreal for all involved, really. And we're probably lucky that the season isn't finishing in, you know, fully because I think you can probably get away with um, some minor flaws in the plan for one playoff game at your own ground, but five or six home games might have been more of a push. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be weird. I'm wondering how they're gonna. They haven't. So they, I guess they haven't confirmed what coverage will actually be, but they've said a certain amount of media people will be allowed in. So, have they said that all the games will be on Sky Sports already? Yeah, that's confirmed. Yeah. Okay, I guess it's just getting that BBC Oxford commentary and syncing the things up, so it's a bit more meaningful. There's nothing worse, is there, than what's the bloody guy's name? Don Goodman. Dean Saunders. I thought that's who you were going to mention. Let's not go back to that conversation. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about Dean. Is it Don Goodman or is that, am I making that up? Don Goodman. No, he's do some stuff. Yeah, the wolf striker. Yeah, he, I, I just don't like listening to him. He usually just, he comes across really in the know about a team. But he's he's just chats absolute crap. But I, I get in the EFL, it's hard to really maintain kind of enough context to have an informed opinion on stuff. So, but anyway, I don't apologise for that, Don. If you're listening, um, anyone else got any thoughts, Ben, on closed door games? I just I just can't picture it. I just think it's just going to be a weird spectacle, like Jack said. Something we're going to have to potentially get used to for the coming months, but. I just think it's going to real really lack something with with no crowd being there. I think we we do you reckon they'll celebrate? I, I really you know if you score, that's the weird thing, I, isn't I, it? It's I, like... I really hope there's the celebration where someone goes and sits in the crowd and claps because it's all, all celebrates in front of an empty stand, you know that sort of thing. I think that's well, like well, like the rest of the squad runs quickly into the stand. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, oh, that would be brilliant. So, socially distances and then goes yeah. mental. every other seat, yeah. But by that point, they've taken the kickoff and it's, it's one all. Yeah. <laughs> um, Connor, have you got any views on the kind of? I don't know if you've listened, watched any of the um, Bundesliga games, but they they've put that kind of artificial sound in that's reactive based on what's happened. So I think it's taken yeah. a cut from previous games 
of that particular team and then it's it, i think it like part of it's automated in terms of knowing where you know how crowd the crowd responds to different things happening like a corner or whatever but then when there's a goal there's a bit of a rise as well but it seemed to be, be pretty good i thought i don't think that's going to happen for this though it goes against everything that I stand for when it comes to... <laughs> it goes against everything I stand for when it comes to football fandom. I mean, I just... What think, if it was your voice, Connor? What if they recorded uh, your no, voice? Even, even if it was my voice or not, I still... I, I mean, personally, if I had... A, if, if if I could... If the financial uh, issues that face um, not just our football club, but obviously across the leagues weren't an issue, I don't think we should be playing football behind closed doors at all. I think we shouldn't be playing football until fans are back in the stadium. But obviously, I understand the reality of things where sponsorship deals, broadcasting money, etc, 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 stops that from happening. Um, where, you know, those, uh, even the broadcasting, um, particularly the premiership at the moment, is, you know, that's the number one reason why they're going back to work and why they're playing football, because of those deals that are in place. Um but I think, I don't know, I really am against playing behind closed doors. But then on the next breath, I see how so many other fans are like, right, we just want to watch football regardless of what it is. Um, I think the fans, partic- no, sorry, the players in particular should have a, a, a stronger voice, I think, in this. Um, because obviously we've seen in the Premiership where there are some some players don't actually want to go back playing football. You know, like Troy Deeney's come out in public, he said that he, he's not going to play because yeah. of the risks that might occur to his family, etc. Um, I do think there are some ethical issues involved with playing football still at the moment. Um, but from from a fan's perspective, yeah, I don't I don't appreciate the, the kind of behind-closed-door scenario, but then I still understand why it's a thing and that it is going to go ahead. Um Cool. Just, I mean, I mean, I only just, asked you about the sound, yeah. pal. I know, I know, I'm sorry. I'm just I gone to, off on I one. Go, I know, I've gone. I, yeah, I, I could sit here for another half an hour going off on one. To be honest, but I'm trying to keep it shorter. But no, yeah, the, sound, the sound thing's ridiculous. Yeah, the sound thing's ridiculous in my eyes. I really don't agree with that. It's so artificial and it's just terrific. I'd rather well, just watch watch them play and hear the players. To be honest with you, actually, that's I'm cool. picturing Jerome and Nathan with like a Casio keyboard. <laughs> with some like some crowd sounds on each on each note there you go um john we talked a bit before the pod but you found an interesting article in the athletic around map kind of commenting on closed door games and potentially certain players that you wouldn't have thought maybe shining yeah i mean it's one that we'll we'll sort of not not be able to take a judgment on in terms of players but this is um yeah more words out of the map Oracle and it's um the article's about entitled Will Empty Grounds Be the Perfect Stage for Players Who Only Do It in Training? And it's Appleton talking about when closed doors became a thing, he and his team started to look at the players in their squad that perhaps haven't done it on the pitch, but in training are more than capable. And actually they could become quite important in closed door games as they're going to perform quite quite exceptionally. And I thought it was just an interesting thing that we don't think of, but there are players who struggle in front of crowds. Um and others that that don't. So I don't think we'll be able to say all oh, that player. Maybe he's better without a crowd, but it's definitely worth um, a perusal perusal through. And then I think, but in terms of teams that we're playing, which we'll talk about shortly, there could be players in there that we think, oh, well, he's a bit average, not a problem, and he has an absolute blinder. But it was just an interesting read. Does anyone reckon we've got any <clears throat> any of those players that do react? negatively to the crowd at times or do seem to kind of shrink where they're not having a good game 
Well, I was trying to think. Well, I reckon Ben Woodburn might be a candidate. Yeah, it's that's yeah. literally the only person that came to my mind. Just on the basis of like not really America. played much. But I don't think I don't think most of our squad has got any of those types of players. I wouldn't have thought. Um, but I can see like Port and Portsmouth team. They've got a lot of players that I describe as go hot and cold, and that that could be something to think about. But when I think of Woodburn, though, I think as in he's blatantly got absolutely loads of potential and quality there and we haven't maybe seen it all as of yet yeah and i, I bet they, i bet they do i bet it comes out all the time in training which is what i was thinking maybe he's one that's going to play a, a key role in these games depending on how fit he is but yeah sorry connor I, cut you off I, I find maps um conversation in in that article really interesting because i want to know the reverse of that because i feel like there are some players who actually really thrive off having fans in the stadium and fans on their back. You know, like Cameron Brannigan is one of those players. Like Jamie Mackey. And Jamie Mackey, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, those are the types of players, exactly, who they thrive off that. Um, I mean, I think Mackey might be different because I think Mackey probably thrives off the opposition on the pitch and the way he riles them up. So I think he's probably, you know, he can work with both with fans and the players. But I think there's some, you know, there's some players on the pitch. I think Brannigan, again, is one of the, one of the prime examples of that, who, you know, when the, you know, when the fans are really behind the team, he's one of the he's one of the players that you see him running and pressing and winning the ball. Yeah, back. yeah. You know, he's the one that really gets the fans going, and then I imagine that flows into him quite nicely. So it'll be interesting to see whether that you know that kind of analogy that uh, Matt put forward works in reverse as well. So when we do eventually watch some games of Oxford um, behind closed doors, to see if there are some players that perhaps actually underperform because they perhaps haven't got the you know the, the kick up the backside that the fans give them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. In terms of us then looking at the playoffs, we kind of touched on some players there. But yeah, Woodburn obviously has come back. I think Tiger put an article out just before we came on. Maybe we'll touch on that before we wrap up. But he, he mentioned the you know further investment into Brown, Woodburn, extending Taylor. Whilst we're on Taylor as well, his contract's been, uh, well, they've, they've said they're not going to offer him a new deal at Bristol City, right? So he's technically yeah. a free agent now. So it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. I I imagine we are snapping at his heels. There might be a few though, and I, I think what we were saying is his. What do we reckon his wages will be? Top earner at the club, probably. Yeah, yeah. I imagine so. Yeah, yeah, given the timing when he signed for Bristol Road, sorry, Bristol City, and the nature of that transfer as well, I imagine it. You know, it probably put some bodyguards around him and put that into it as well yeah i mean um, i think it'd be interesting to know like with the loan deal that we currently have him on what what percentage of wages we're paying because if we're paying the full whack of his wages from bristol city then perhaps you know we already have that uh, wage allocation ready to go but if we're only paying you know sort of 50 percent or 10 percent or, or whatever percentage of his wages then perhaps it might be more difficult for us to negotiate a deal with him yeah but we don't we don't know those those numbers so i guess it's sort of speculation isn't it obviously jack do you reckon Jack, do you reckon he's going to sign? Yes or no? Yes. <laughs> I like it. Good. I think so as well. Uh, Robbie Hall's back from his loan at Forest Green as well. I wasn't aware of that. So thank you for whoever dropped that in there. Um, in terms of uh, people being fit, so Cam Brannigan, hopefully he's now in a, in a place or at least he's in. he's got relative fitness to the other squad because he was obviously struggling game, game to game and we were kind of risking him, it seemed. Um. Who's on bookings and stuff? Does that, is that all still relevant? I'm guessing it is. Uh, That's so a stupid it's, thing it's, to say. It's, it's not relevant 
any more in the sense of the add-ups. If we'd have played on, it would have been so. If we'd have played the season to its close, Brannigan, Dickey, Gorin were all in danger of uh, getting another suspension. So arguably, they can play a bit freer now. Although Gorin playing yeah. free probably means he puts someone in the back row of the stands so. <laughs> within like a minute and a yeah, half. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't me. Um, courtesy, there was Blakey OUFC on Twitter um, dropped one of those kind of line up eleven things um, to just take a look at the team, and he put kind of two players in each position, which was pretty cool. Um, what are people's thoughts on it? So he's gone for Eastwood, Ruffles, Moore, Dicky, Long, uh, Gorin, obviously holding Brannigan and, and Woodburn in in a central midfield role, and then Brown, Taylor, and, and Henry up top. What what are people's general thoughts? Ben, is there anything you would tweak in there? I think Woodburn stands out. Yeah, Wood, Woodburn would be the one for me. I guess they would have to make their judgment based on how he's performing in the training. But yeah, I, Sykes just seems so unlucky at times. He, he does nothing wrong, but just the way we need to rotate the squad, it, it just changes yeah. a little bit. I think Sykes. Connor, what do you reckon? Do you reckon Sykes? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think personally on, on, on that lineup, I think Henry might um, might end up coming in central. Um, and then we'll burn all Sykes out on the right. Um, I think I think I kind of agree with you. I, th- I don't think we'll be seeing Woodburn from the start anyway. Um, unless, of course, he's you know, super recovered from and back super fit from uh, his, his time out. Again, he hasn't had the playing time within the squad that the rest of the players have the rest of the season. Um, I'll also be interested to see about Long and Ford. That'll be interesting to see who actually plays at right back. Um, obviously now... Long it's weird when you can't remember. Like I don't remember yeah. who was playing when, when the season concluded. <laughs> That's the yeah. problem. Uh, and again, the same, we haven't heard much about Kelly either, about Kelly's loan deal or what's going on with that. So... Um, be interested to see if he's a if he's available for for the playoffs, which I hope he is because obviously he offers us quite a lot. Um, even if he's off the bench, I mean his dead balls are fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I think I personally think we've still got a very strong, you know, we've still got a very strong squad. You know, and obviously with the fitness levels that they're going to regain from the preseason, um, that preseason, no, not preseason, uh, but the friendlies <laughs> that we played. Then um, <laughs> the, po- the post preseason, po- yeah, the post preseason. Um, We've certainly that doesn't make sense. No, that doesn't either. <laughs> just, just friendly matches at the end slash beginning of the season, whatever. Um, those preseason <laughs> games. <laughs> um, I think we still have a very very strong squad, and obviously, if they remain fit um, throughout those friendly games, um, that's the most important thing. You know, getting getting that match sharpness back. Um, we've certainly yeah. got a strong squad. Yeah, yeah. So it's a challenge. Um, Jack. Elliot Moore or Massinho partnering Dickey? Um, Moose away, Moore at home. Oh, I like it. That's a way to dodge a question. <laughs> um, John, Henry out wide or Henry in the middle? Henry out wide every time. Good. Um, every time. I. I keep looking at Brown on the left wing and go, I know we've lost Holland, but he, Brown was so good when he was in that sort of central midfield type type role. It feels weird to sacrifice him, but it doesn't make... But I guess he needs to play on the left. I wonder whether Ford's got a role in midfield, maybe, because it's quite... It's a little bit lightweight with Brannigan and Woodburn or Sykes in there. Yeah. Just maybe against Fleetwood more than Portsmouth. 
Um, that's I think Woodburn starting is a is a big call. Um, but then I think you need some experienced players in there because this is such a weird situation and Woodburn and Sykes aren't that unfortunately. I, I love to be fair. I, I love the idea of having Sykes, um, Brannigan, and Gorin in the middle. It, I think Sykes has proved. Yes, he's a bit lightweight, but he's he's like progressive <laughs> with his play, isn't he? So he he's got a touch on him. I can never forget that moment against yeah. Newcastle. I, w- um, I, w- I wouldn't worry. <laughs> if, I, if it was those three, I'd be more than more than happy. And I yeah. think against Portsmouth, yeah. where it'll be a better footballing game. Not I'm obviously not assuming we're going to beat them, but I think you can get away with it in that game. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, James, because I was just about to slate John for criticizing. <laughs> Mark Sykes. But, well, that, but that wouldn't be a rash, no. that wouldn't be a rational point from you. That would just be an emotive, emotive, an emotive choice. How dare you yeah. talk about Mark Sykes like that? But yeah, um, looking at Pompey. So, do we think they're the most hit? Then, in terms of like, they're, they're not obviously going to have 19,000 fans behind them. I know we make a lot of noise, and our away support is fantastic as well. But that's got to be a massive factor in this, I guess. Yeah, I think Fratton Park. I mean, for me, that's the best ground in, in this level of football. Just for the fans, they've they've seen it all in the last decades. Yeah, I do think they're going to struggle without it. I think it would affect them a little bit, but I still think they are probably the the favourites, apart from. I'd put Pompey, ourselves, Fleetwood and Wickham in that order for the playoffs. I think Pompey are the team to beat. They seem, looking at their, again, I don't know how much emphasis to put on the kind of run-in from the turn of the new year to when COVID hit, but they went on a few runs, you know, multiple five wins in a row at one point um, between January and kind of early Feb. There were some good results in there against like Sunderland away at Lincoln, whatever. But they generally have... You can see when they've lost games, it's been against the teams that you'd expect. So they've lost to Coventry in Feb. They lost to Fleetwood 1-0 in Feb. Um, They lost to Peterborough 2-0. And they they ended up getting a draw, which was their last game before this all kicked off at home to Fleetwood as well. But they have it looks like when they've come up against those teams in the top, you know, top six or whatever, they haven't had an easy time, whereas they've seemed to have brushed... I say brushed, but they seem to put good runs together against teams outside of that. So that's a it's an interesting one. But again, who knows what to refer to now, um, given the time that's gone by. Um, hot off the press news, uh, they've had a couple of positive COVID tests, haven't they? And Jack, you seem to be somewhat in the know in terms of what that actually means. Um, you know, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, crap. Does that mean Wickham are going to get promoted and none of these games can get played? And <laughs> no, I just went straight there. So the the EFL return to training protocols are different to the kind of national guidelines. So with the whole track and trace thing nationally, there's, you've got to isolate for 14 days. With the EFL testing, it's happening twice a week. So you can quite quickly establish um, someone's, you know, where the virus is, if they, you know, if they are symptomatic or not. So those players will now isolate for seven days. There'll be another test after those seven days and another test again after 10 days. If they're both negative, they can return to training. If, they're, if they remain positive on both tests, they then have to isolate for 14 days in total. Um, yeah. So I think Pompey actually had a handful of players earlier on in all this that um, also tested positive or had symptoms. So they seem to have... Mm-hmm. 
um, had it at least more publicly than than some of the other clubs involved. Yeah, I do worry that the you know potential implications of of and complications involved with these tests um, might, if it affects a certain club closer towards the kickoff date of um, the playoffs, and it affects certain players and their squads, that some clubs are going to become unhappy. Sorry, some clubs, yeah, are going to become unhappy, um, and you know, ask for fixtures to be pushed back and all this sort of thing. I still, I still think there's potential for it to be an absolute nightmare if things, you know, don't quote unquote go to plan. Because um, I think some yeah. clubs would would be you know they'd you know if we were without James Henry or Matty Taylor for example for our playoff games, you know, can you just you kind see? of do you, we just need to get uh, the, the alternative is that the playoffs aren't happening right so yeah exactly be, I know I agree I agree yeah I just I just think it'd be interesting to see what some of the if that scenario occurs what club reactions are to it. Yeah, Peterborough yeah. say they should be promoted. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was literally, I was literally about to say that I wouldn't be surprised if they put a tweet out being like, "We will nobly step in yeah. to replace Pompey in yeah. the League One playoffs." Um, what about um, Pompey's team? I am not going to pretend to know too much about them. Obviously, I know who uh, John Marcus is, but um, anyone got any down low on them? They've got a lot of useful. Players like Ryan Williams, who you'll remember from playing for Oxford. Yeah, mate. Um, <laughs> Marcus Harkness was at Burton, and he was a bit of a highly rated. Ellis Harrison's a very decent striker. But as I touched on earlier, they're all players that I believe are sort of a bit hot and cold, and Marcus certainly hasn't hit the form um, that he did for Doncaster. So as you touched on, you're sort of talking about their, their fixtures. They've got some very good players still. Um, but... Whether they whether it all comes together is is up up for debate, but they're they're strong, definitely. I noticed Marcus had eight goals in thirty three appearances, so he's pretty much ever present in terms of in terms of the league. But yeah, that's not a great return considering how well he did at um, crap. Where was he, Donny? Yeah, or somewhere. Um, yeah, but they they just don't seem they haven't scored as many goals as us, right? It's, we've had twenty five goals between. Our top two, they've got what seventeen, eighteen, or something like that between theirs, and yeah, I'm fe- I'm feeling good. We can score the goals. Henry on the right wing, bish bash bosh, happy days. Um, um, sorry to butt in. There's just yeah, been yeah. some 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 more uh, fuel to add to the fire. Actually, I've just I've just seen in front of me ten minutes ago. Um, Tranmere have just uh, just announced that they're going to have to lay off twenty staff members because of the uh, financial oh, pressures that have happened um, as a as a result of the termination of, of League One and obviously the fact that um, no fans will be allowed back uh, in stadiums probably until you know, potentially into twenty twenty one. So obviously that's um, another ramification of um, the EFL's decision yesterday, um, which. You know, it's a it's a really sad scenario, and you know you wouldn't wish this on any. It's the same with the Barry situation. You wouldn't wish this on any club and any members, um, whether they're staff or um, or players. It's a it's a really tough one to hey. take, and I, I I still think that there are, there are some issues with the way the EFL have handled this. He did allude to that in his um, in the. Um, statement yesterday that that was something that was going to happen. He also mentioned, didn't he, that they're going to lose a million as a result of the relegation, yeah, um, due to gate receipts or you know 
fans coming through the turnstiles from away clubs and whatever else. But yeah, that's not going to be the last time that's happening, though, is it? No. Like, that's just the first no, of many, no, many, and, many, and many. Yeah. Exactly. But then this is all. It also goes back into his earlier comment that that John read out about how we can clearly see the cracks in the football pyramid and, and the hierarchy in terms of where there are clearly lack of support structures involved from from other governing bodies and that sort of thing. You know, where's the support from? from the Premier League in these scenarios where's the support from the English Football League I mean I, I agree that some football clubs manage their money appallingly but then on yeah. the next breath to stop these sort of things happening there needs to be support packages in place that actually you know can stop this this type of thing from happening in the future now because it is going to like you just said James it is going to occur at other clubs now definitely yeah particularly you know in League 2 as well um, and we're we're, we're seeing as well from the kind of um, obviously that's that's kind of club staff being you know, will be let go. We're seeing it already with the kind of retain list that are coming out. Wimbledon have just let yeah. eleven go and has said, you know, we we want to keep some of these, but we just can't afford to offer them a new deal in the current circumstance. Yeah. I think Lincoln did the same. You could well end up with kind of a lot of players almost having to drop a level right away, League Two into Conference, Conference into Conference North, just to yeah. get a wage next year. Exactly. Um, There's gonna be a big, big hole. Yeah, it's, just, it's think, pretty uh, scary, isn't it? Yeah, and I think this is where, you know, either as 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 fans, as as a collective of football supporters, I do think there could be some sort of mobilisation involved with, you know, putting pressure on governing bodies of football, particularly the FA and the English Premier League, to supply some of these support packages for clubs in the future and making sure this sort of scenario does not happen again. Because I think it's a deeply sad one when you see people losing their jobs, uh, whether they're you know, like you say, staff members or players, it's a real fundamental issue with the finances involved with owning a football club, running a football club and the, and the general um, government bodies involved with that situation. And I think it's, it's sad. And again, commiserations go out certainly to those staff members involved uh, um, at Tranmere and other clubs that this is going to happen to in the future. Yeah, that's really sad, but... As we said, it's it's going to be really interesting to see if there's a big restructuring of the whole pyramid yeah, in the next few so. months because I think it's I think it is a reality that we we might end up coming to. But um, just touching quickly on the other two clubs that are in in the mix for the playoffs, Fleetwood. John, what do you want to say about Fleetwood and and Joey and his crew? Well, Joey, and let's uh, I'm sure he'll uh, be the centre of attention more than he he needs to be. I mean, I slightly. To disagreeing with Ben's order, I think Fleetwood are the team that I'm most concerned about. Um, but it's probably good to be playing in, the, in a one-off. I think they've got a hell of a lot of experience in their team and players that are probably pretty consistent. And they've got a lot of players. Like, I mean, I was looking at they signed Glenn Whelan in um, January, I think. And whilst I also thought he was a bit of a joke at kind of Premiership level at League One, provided he's still got his legs around him, he could be a hell of a player. And you just need stable players in these games where they're just going to be a bit weird, which I think Massino will be, be key for as well. Um, yeah, so I think I think the squad-wise, they're all okay in terms of they haven't lost anyone. Um, and they're on pretty decent form um, before this. I, I was looking at their form. I don't think they've lost in the last 12, it looks like. And that dates back to January the 18th. Um, sorry, sorry, January the 11th when they lost to Burton away. But since so since then they they were undefeated, taking them right up to kind of mid March, um, with a five game winning streak in there as well. But I mean, they've got yeah. goals as well, aren't they? In Madden and Evans, 
That's yeah, it, yeah, I mean they've they've scored ten goals less than we have, but they've got those yeah, Paddy Madden, Evans, um, Wes Burns, all these kind of they're good players. Like they're, they're not, um, and they've had a bit, and they've got a fair amount of experience under them. So yeah, and our record, but we don't need to delve into that. They've got Harry Harry Suder. Didn't Andy do an Australian accent he, he, with him? He did. But yeah. he's got a Scottish flag against him. Is he is he a Scottish Australian by any chance? We'll have to look into that. He's he's Australian in the app that I'm looking at. So he was, okay. he was born in Aberdeen, I think. <laughs> Scottish Australian. That's terrifying knowledge, Jack. If that's, <laughs> if that's correct. No, I'll, I... I'll tell you why. Because he used to play for Stoke. He used to play for Stoke, and as a Stokey in the office, he was telling me he was going to be the next big thing. So I've looked at him before. Imagine if that was a question on one of our quizzes. Where is Harry Souter born? All right, Aberdeen, yeah. Got it. Amazing. Next, next question. <laughs> Jack's knowledge of football is unrivaled, though. That's, yeah, that was pretty, pretty scary. Uh, and then we've got Wickham, who were on an absolute flop. Although, I guess they, they started to pick up form again after like a horrendous kind of Christmas period, which I think kicked off with a 1-0 defeat to us. And then they just went... They did have tough fixtures. They had Pompey, then Coventry, then Ipswich, Sunderland. Like They had horrible games, and they didn't come out of any of them with a win. Um, but they, yeah, they picked up a few results just before the season was curtailed against teams that were more or less struggling. Um, Jack, what what are you thinking? Um, Would you rather be playing them in the first game, or I you know? no, I I would back us in a one-off game against Wickham. I think a two-legger, we'd be so pissed off in the second leg about what happened in the first leg through their kind of gamesmanship and their general kind of thugness that I think we'd be too too fed up. <laughs> I think in a one-off game, like we saw um, when we beat them 1-0, I, th- I, think, I, think uh, I think we'd do them. Okay. Anyone else got any any thoughts on that? Are we worried about Wickham? I, I wouldn't mind playing them in, in the final. No. I think it'd be all right. Like Jack yeah. says, one-off. I agree. I think we'd be able to get past Wickham as a hurdle, definitely. And like I say, I'm way more worried about Fleetwood. I think we should be way more worried about Pompey first. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm confident in the Portsmouth game. Yeah. It's, does does anyone think it's weird that it's going to be a two-legged thing, considering what's going on? <laughs> yeah, you're kind of right, to be fair. Like, I... T- yeah, I do think it is a bit weird because you know we go on about all these distancing measures and all this, all these uh, complications involved with putting a football match on, and yet they want to they want to play it. Yeah, like just, you say two legs. Yeah, what's the point of home and away? I just don't. Yeah. It's not like I don't. I don't know. Maybe especially the size of the pitch the comes into play. Yeah, especially with all the travelling involved. Because I mean, the thing is, I think if you played, if you played one leg, it would have to be a neutral ground. I suppose um, it's so it's so mad already to be going from a standing start of no football to playoffs that to go to a one-off game to two one-off games is even more kind of, I guess you can yeah. play your way in a bit in the first leg. Even. Is the, is the, anyway. Is the, um, is the final going to be played at Wembley? Yeah. Is that, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just ridiculous. Well, League, League Two is confirmed and given a date and I, I assume League One and Championship will um, be wow. the same. 
Now that's oh, can you imagine be. how that's, painful that's, that would be? I say, that certainly yeah. will be a spectacle, and I don't mean that in a good way. Um, you know, oh. watching, watching Oxford play in, in front of a crowd of no one in a 90,000 seat stadium. I, ca- I can't tell you how many times I've played. The, I think we had a, all of us were just unleashing our sadness in our WhatsApp group the other day, but I went for a, a bit of a depressed phase of just realising it all kind of came round that, yeah, we're best position for 20, 25 years. As Tiger turned like a generation, this is our best league finish for like a generation. Mm. And he's right, isn't it? It's just such a shame that it's all playing out like this. And you might be able to tell your kids in the future that you were there when we got promoted back to the championship, but you weren't really there. Yeah, <laughs> like, we sat on the sofa. If we did, yeah. If Obviously, you know, it'd be amazing yeah. if the club still does it, but... Definitely. I mean, oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, we still, you know, this, the reality is this is the way it's going to go now. The fans, unfortunately, don't have any say in this. So this is the best we've got. And I think, you know, all we can do really is, is you know, rally together on on social media and, and around our TV screens and, and watch it and hope the boys do the business. Because, of course, we still want to go up. That's that's a natural thing. We all want to win, don't we? Yeah. You just got to hope that if we do manage to do it, I know it's, you know, it's, there's a lot to get through first that we're able to go to some of those amazing stadiums. I think everyone's Definitely. thinking about that yeah. in the back yeah. of their mind, aren't they? But 100%. That'd be awesome. Jack, I know you, you know, imagine if you couldn't get to Derby. That'd, that'd be... It would, uh, yeah. I mean, that, and that, that's the thing, isn't it? That I think I'd, I would be on a high from promotion despite it being weird, but then it would dawn on me, hold on a minute, we're not going to be allowed to go until next year or something. And just waiting yeah. that long to, as you say, actually celebrate it because celebrating in your front room is very different to being in amongst, you know, three and a half thousand or X many thousand at Wembley. Um, yeah, we we shall see. Ben, do you reckon we could blag ourselves as being the media? As a, you know, it's a podcast, it's a medium in itself. Can we get ourselves into some of the grounds? Could you be in charge of that for us, please? Thanks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just uh, give, give me the email of the uh, the BBC Radio Oxford contacts we've made. Um, I'm sure if they all put a good word in, they'll just drop us a few badges. That's true. Jerome, Nick, Nathan, if you're listening. And <laughs> yes, Dave, Dave, if you need Jack to come and support, you know, he's got that student, you know press officer stuff in his back pocket if you need us we're, we're there for you guys um, <laughs> and I won't yeah. swear I promise do not uh, do not do not invite Connor <laughs> <laughs> I haven't sworn so far I'm doing good on my return um, okay well there we go um, another note did anyone see how painfully cringe Swindon's um kind of post was to celebrate their champion they put like an old picture of them holding an old trophy that I, I don't know it just made me really sad really poorly photoshopped just screamed you know I, I don't know what word to use <laughs> <laughs> something degrading go on just bad. tin no, pot no tin pot there you go yeah no, thank you it's it's one of those things that it's like again if we don't get promoted the way I've kind of seen the Swindon thing is at least we get a derby next season if we don't get promoted in the hope that they are fans are allowed to return to stadiums by 2021, obviously, because everyone loves a derby and I don't care what any Oxford fan says. If you don't want a derby, you, you, you're just, you're just not on the same wavelength as many of us, because I still think that the derby fixtures are some of the best footballing days that we witness. So the fact that they are back in league one, and if we don't go up, then so be it. 
least we get a yeah. derby fixture. It'd be good to get some nice bus windows smashed in around the Kassan oh, yeah. again. That'd be great. No, I, I I know what you mean. So long as we win them, it's 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 oh, good, we isn't would. It? we would. Did did um anyone hit James um Hobbs, who I mentioned earlier on my I've got like a school Oxford United WhatsApp group as well, and he he was saying that Swindon you know could potentially be barred from going up due to financial difficulties, or it was at least something where there was an article from the end of May talking about it. Um, I don't know if any of you guys heard about that, but it sounded. Very, very interesting. <laughs> it, it's all gone a bit quiet again, obviously, with the furore of the last 48 hours or so. But yeah, the when it all broke about the incredibly, I'm going to use the word dodgy dealings or not, that did go on or didn't go on, who actually owns the club, etc. Um, I'm sure the EFL will want that kind of clarifying because if they're, if they're still intending to charge Macclesfield with various financial things i'm sure they've got to look at every club in this situation yeah who went down from league two stevenage pending further points deductions for macclesfield okay yeah um i didn't mention south end and bolton going down but i'm really happy south end went down (laughs) to be honest i was that was really frustrating me like the idea that they were pushing to stay in the league like they were like oh nothing's over yet it's like it absolutely is over <laughs> I'm sure like, I'm sure Jerome will be happy yeah I was to say like, yeah. Nathan will be uh, dancing <laughs> um, yeah well there you go alright um, oh, we could have done under an hour realistically with this but oh well just slightly over um Okay, I don't know when we'll do our next pod. I guess it, there may be a few more announcements. Things may change a bit. We're probably going to be a bit more reactive with when we're doing these. Um, I think we're going to keep, there might be one or two more of the kind of media-themed pods that we can get in with a few more people that have been in and around Oxford United over the years. So hopefully there'll be another couple of them flying out. Um, but in the meantime, everyone stay safe. Um, and hopefully we're all in a place where we're watching Oxford United again very soon. So cheers. Thank you.